the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel filling in for Seth. I'm a contributor to the Arizona Republic slash AZ Central. And also editor-in-chief at Ricochet. Um, we have a lot of podcasts there, too. I host one called King of Stuff Podcast, the modestly named King of Stuff Podcast. I uh, just recorded one of those and edited it really quick and then raced to the studio here to uh, be on with you fine listeners. Every time there's an ad break, I noticed this last time, I think I hosted about a month ago, and uh, Dr. Sebastian Gorka did one of his spots. And I'm like, why can't I have a voice like that? I, I actually asked him on Twitter, how do I get a cool voice like yours? And he says, misspent childhood and cigars. So um, I need to uh, take up at least the cigar habit uh, so I can maybe partially have a semi-cool Dr. Gorka voice. But we'll see how that goes. Um, lots going on in the news. We uh, just talked about Christy Nome and worries about her viability for 2024 because you just need to stand up for your constituents. You need to stand up for conservatives. Uh, once again, I think I mentioned, you know, we want fighters. We don't want someone just doing wild swings because that makes a bad fighter. But you want people who can target important issues affecting real voters and real Americans and stand their ground when they need to. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis has just been doing a fantastic job with that. And he seems liked by people all across the party. Um, you have uh, people who are hardcore Trump fans and uh, people who are more squishy. Everybody's like, look, the guy's effective. <laughs> Florida is doing great. Their economy is doing great. They're doing great on COVID. Um, he's not just running around trying to restrict people's freedom uh, which is so refreshing to see a modern governor or politician of any stripe willing to give people a chance to lead their own lives, to make their own decisions. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, if you've paid attention to any politicians in D.C. for the past hundred years. A lot of them aren't very uh, bright bulbs, let's say. And uh, frankly, I trust you, the listener, to make better decisions about your personal life and your children and your jobs and your businesses more than I do Ilhan Omar or even Ted Cruz, you know, and that's why Ted Cruz understands, hey, <laughs> you guys should make these decisions. I'm not the one pulling the strings here. Uh, there's a lot of talk this week, um, I've noticed, if you've paid attention at all. D.C. statehood is back on the agenda for the Democrats in Congress. We need to make Washington, D.C. a state. And in a brilliant um messaging campaign, you'll never believe what the Democrats are saying if you oppose this move. If you oppose D.C. statehood, you're racist. That's right, because everything uh, that they're for, um, if you oppose any Democratic idea, you're racist somehow, despite uh, the District of Columbia being set up as a federal district. That's the entire point of it. Uh, that's why Virginia and Maryland donated some land to make a place that was not bound by state rules. There wasn't a state house. There wasn't a governor. It was controlled by the American people and by the federal government. 
Um, Virginia withdrew uh, their land purchase. That's why you have like Alexandria is not a part of Washington, D.C. now. Maryland's like, yeah, what are we going to do with the swampland anyway? Might as well uh, let the government use it. So the entire purpose of D.C. is to not be a state. Um, so, of course, Democrats want to make it a state. Um, I was really against this, and I have very uh, deep constitutional legal reasons for being against it. If we have 51 states, it'll make our flag look stupid. Uh, I shared this on Twitter, and uh, yeah, Ruby was just very impressed with my legal reasoning there. 50 is just a good, solid number. If you're going to add states, add 10. Add 50 more, so we got 100. We need a nice, even number. Um, that's very important to me, and I don't want to be uh, divvying up various states. Maybe we could just split up a whole bunch of red states so we get more votes in the Senate. But the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what? D.C. statehood might not be a bad thing after all, but the other 50 states would really have to coordinate and really not share this plan too often that I'm going to share it with you now. What we do is we support D.C. statehood. They become a state. They're a 51st state. They're very proud of themselves for becoming a state. Then all of us other 50 states, we just all of a sudden secede from them. That way, you know, we have like, what, $28 trillion in debt right now? Well, D.C. can handle that. They're a state, and uh, they're basically the entire government at that point. We can also see, do our own thing, and uh, D.C. would be kind of left there to bicker among themselves, to yell at reporters and have reporters yell at them. So that is my modest proposal. Make D.C. a state. All of us secede from them. Then we don't have to worry about Congress interfering with our lives anymore. So it's a thought. Um, maybe I should sort of pack for this or a groundswell of some kind. We'll see. These brilliant ideas don't come easy. Maybe I should try to monetize it somehow, but... Uh, I'm not one of those swamp dwellers, so I'm utterly incompetent when it comes to these things. Um, but D.C. statehood, um, again, Democrats have been wanting this forever because all they want is two more votes in the Senate. That's all they want, and it's obvious. That's why they will mention Puerto Rico as well. That's all they want. Um, if Republicans were suggesting, let's divide Alaska into three parts, it's by far the largest state, um, Democrats would oppose that because, oh, we don't need more Republican senators Anytime they've talked about divvying up California, which is kind of a weird conglomeration of political interest there. Uh, there are many Californians. You normally talk about northern versus southern California, but the interior is much different than the rest. If you go north of San Francisco, it's a lot like Oregon. The closer you get to the Oregon border, they've talked about making the state of Jefferson, which would be the northern counties of California, southern counties of Oregon. So there are other ways to break this up, but the parties want to do this just because it will give them a slight advantage uh, the next time elections roll around. Washington, D.C. would essentially be a city-state, uh, which we do not have in America. We are not ancient Greece. It is supposed to be a federal, um, a federal property, essentially. And if they want, maybe just retrogress everything that is in a government building, just kick that back to Maryland, and then they have their state representation they apparently want. Although it won't really help them much, uh, they'll still have as many people there, as many voters. Uh, they might like being a part of Maryland because it tends to be extremely democratic, um, large D, not small D. So we will see how that works out. Uh, Democrats are really pressing their advantage. You know, they have this microscopic advantage in the Senate and a very tiny uh, majority as well in the House. And man, they are swinging for the fences. They are spending money like it's going out of style, thinking that. Nothing could possibly derail them. Nothing could possibly change things. 
people who have been interesting to watch during this are Joe Manchin and also Kirsten Cinema here from Arizona. They are looking at the looking at the lay of the land and they're saying we're not going to vote with AOC and Ilhan Omar and all these people. We better keep an eye on our constituents and keeping them happy. So um, especially Kirsten Cinema, I don't agree with her. Um, but I've warned, especially Republicans, uh, she was my representative here in Arizona before she got to the Senate. And that's something I warned my fellow Arizonans about many, many times, just like, watch out for her. She's very shrewd. I think in her heart of hearts, she's a progressive, but she knows how to play the maverick, just like uh, dear old Senator McCain used to. So um, she is planning on being in the Senate, if not a higher office, for the rest of her life. And uh, it's going to be very hard to compete against her when she is up for re-election coming up because she knows how to play not only to Democrats on more centrist Democrat issues, but also those wishy-washy Republicans who are kind of centrist Republicans. She kind of knows how to play the game, and that's how McCain stayed in power for so darn long. So uh, watch out for that. It'll be interesting to see. Um, And we can just hope that looking forward, when we have the midterm elections in 2022, They will be ramping up extremely soon. This summer, expect a lot of jockeying for position in primary races here in the state and in other states. But it's very, very easy and quite likely, I believe, that the Republicans will take the Senate and the House. And it's rather bizarre for the Democrats to be pushing to end the filibuster, say, uh, when they're just going to turn over the Senate to the Republicans, quite likely at least, um, in the next elections. So... All interesting things to watch, and we will see if the Democrats keep swinging for the fences or if they actually have any concern about their future political prospects. Joe Biden in the polls is not doing well, um, despite getting apparently the most votes ever submitted to a presidential candidate in American history. Instead, you have a guy who's just weak. He's just hovering a little over 50 percent, which is odd for someone in their honeymoon who we've been assured is this uniter and everybody loves him. He's just old Joe from Scranton. Uh, American people aren't really behind him. And you're seeing pushback from Democrats as well as Republicans on this. Obviously, Republicans aren't big fans of his, but it is not this moment of unity. Uh, People are seeing fumbling and stumbling verbally and often sometimes physically. They're not really liking what they're seeing. So uh, Democrats are unwise to go so hard core against the American people Uh, The middle, basically, is who they're alienating right now. It will not work out well for them. Got a few callers on the line. We will get to them after this ad break here. It's just a couple minutes long, and I'll be back to talk with you. This is John Gabriel filling in for Seth Liebson. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel filling in for Seth. Be sure to listen to him when he's back, and thanks to him for this nice opportunity. I believe we have a caller on the line here. I am flying a little blind. I don't have my normal monitor listing the names and cities you're calling from, so bear with me on that. Welcome to the show. Hi, John. Hi, it's Jeff. I'm from Phoenix. Hi, Jeff. So I just want to say a couple things. Um, uh, You were talking about Christy Nome, and it it, it perplexes me. I wonder about these things. Um, First of all, you know, we Christy Nome comes out and says all the things that she's about. You know, I think it was two weeks ago that she said she was going to veto this bill, and now she says she's not. And 
you wonder why we wonder why conspiracy theories thrive <laughs> because when someone has laid out their political career on a basis and then all of a sudden they turn coat or they do something different it's like what has happened to them and i guess my whole thing is i start wondering okay who's talking to them who's influencing them is there something nefarious going on here yeah, and, and I think it's normal for people to think that way as well because she has uh, dealt with a whole bunch of slings and arrows over the past year uh, regarding COVID, which is a hotter issue among American people. And why she would fold on oh, this yeah. is strange. Exactly, because most of the people are on the side of let's let them compete naturally and not enhance, okay? But I guess what I want to know is what I, – I, I think there's a lot of people out there in the world – who are normal people in normal jobs who are in in a position that they could expose maybe some of this evil, some of the things that are going on. And I just called Christy Nome's office and I actually, and I'm just saying this this is my opinion. This is what I wanted to do. I said a prayer for her on the, on her message saying that I wish she would come out and show the reasons If it's evil, whatever it is. Is it monetary? Is it the NCAA? Come out and show us what's, what's been brought to your table and why you would change or why you would send this bill back. Let, let the truth be known. Why are, so peop- why are these people so afraid to do that? Yeah, and if it's such an obvious decision and it's an obviously correct decision for her to make, share it. Um, transparency is a good thing, and there's nothing better we can do for our politicians uh, than pray for them. So that was a very good good move that you did. And this really is a cultural war, and these are the people who are suing Christian bakers for not baking the correct cakes. Uh, they want the First Amendment gutted, not only for speech in the press. They want it completely gutted for religion. It's the first freedom exactly, that we have. Exactly true. Their, their motives are not real. They're using people with, with so-called good motives, and they're not real motives. They're, they're, they just want power. So I don't. I would like to. I. I. I'm not. I told. I, I stopped my donations to the RNC. I would much rather give donations to a, a PAC or something where people could re, give a uh, whistleblower reward for exposing this, this this evil that's out there. That this this plan that is against us out there and it's blatant. It's absolutely blatant. I wish people would expose it. You have the guts to expose it if you're in that position. Yeah, a lot can be attributed to government incompetence. Um, I mentioned earlier I served in the military, and that's the best run part of the government, and there's a lot of incompetence. But something like this, this is an incompetence. She thought about it for a couple weeks and completely flip-flopped on it, and that needs to be called out. And like you're saying, there is a reason she did it, and she is not being honest about that reason. Um, maybe it's completely reasonable. I highly doubt it, but maybe it is. Um, if it was completely reasonable and she wasn't just being bought off or advised by some GOP political national consultant or something like that, oh, it could hurt your presidency if you vote the wrong way on this. Yeah, uh, whatever rhino it is, group. she needs to be open. Some rhino group out there or something, or who knows. But what I, I don't understand how these people – how do you not know? How do you know the real truth will set you free in that sense? Because I know there's lines that everyone's going to have to draw as we're coming up to these things: vaccine passports, all these different things that are coming up. You know, it, people. I call police departments all the time when I see them tackling someone or doing something with someone on a mask. I and I say straight out to them: 
At one point, you will have to decide, are you protecting the people that are paying your bill, paying your salary, or are you protecting the people in management? Yep, that's a very good point. Thanks so much for calling, Jeff. Really appreciate it. And uh, important things to uh, speak out on this here. Um, If you wonder, uh, there's been so much complaints about conspiracy theories, despite the media pushing the Russia conspiracy theory for three and a half years straight, and they're still going back to that well. Um, They are the main purveyor of conspiracy theories. But when you have politicians who lie all the time, when you have the media that lies all the time, People are left to connect the, connect the dots on their own with incomplete information. Um, the media and politicians should just be a whole lot more open with the American people and people in other countries if that's where they're living. But it's crucial to have this consent to the governed for us to trust the people that we are elected, electing. And when everything is done in smoke-filled rooms and behind the scenes and corporate interest and who donated to whom – And uh, again, these political consultants, uh, that's what I wonder if the NCAA brought pressure and then some hack political group based out of D.C. who have lost 70 percent of every Republican election they've been in charge with, uh, (laughs) they're the ones advising her, ooh, this would look really bad when you decide to run for president. So you're not going to want to get on this hot button issue. Um, This is a very easy issue to stand strong on because the American people would be with her. Um, This is not some extremist thought. It's not like something more controversial. It's something the vast majority of Americans in both parties, in no party, they support her in this. Um, Anyone who has any common sense about it, it just simply makes sense. And uh, again, I said the WNBA, if, if the wokeness police really believe this is the real deal, make sure that the WNBA is integrated by gender let men uh, participate in that. The Olympics, I want men doing uh, women's figure skating. Just open everything up, gymnastics, you name it. Um, They won't do it because they don't believe it. Nobody really believes that someone who one day decides to say, I identify as a woman, let me onto the track. Everybody knows that's silly. And instead, the media is saying, no, you, you actually, this is totally true and you need to believe it. They're there's a very Clock Strikes 13, 1984 vibe going on here. Uh, the American people are being conditioned to say things that we absolutely 100% know are not true. And this isn't even to talk about trans issues. If you meet someone who's trans, I'm nice to them. I, I'm nice to people. I'm nice to everybody. Everybody could do whatever the heck they want. But when they start messing with my kid's future, when they start uh, forcing me or intending to force me to lie – to get ahead, to get a job, to get a new factory in my district, I'm, I got to say no. You know, uh, being honest and being straightforward is all we have in this life. A uh, great book by Rod Dreher that came out a couple months back, interviewed him on my podcast. It's Live Not By Lies. Um, there are a lot of lies out there in politics, but we don't need to let the lies go through us. Speak the truth. Speak it in love. Speak it with kindness. But still, speak the truth. That's what Governor Nome needs to do. If she wants to have any political future, uh, stop hedging your bets, Governor, and uh, stand up for what everybody knows to be correct, accurate, scientific, and right. Thanks for listening to the show. Remember, you can give me a call, 602-508-0960. We're going to a quick news break, and I'll catch you on the other side. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel filling in for Seth. Editor-in-Chief at RickShay.com, host of 
the King of Stuff podcast over at Ricochet as well. Just released a new one today. Contributor to the Arizona Republic, uh, being their token conservative there. Um, kind of nice. Always get very, very negative feedback from the readers there. But hey, I, I at least I get to share my opinion. Uh, so thanks for joining. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm xjohn there, E-X-J-O-N. Uh, my family, I grew up very poor. My family could not afford extra consonants with my name, so I spell my name J-O-N. But uh, you can follow me there as well, where I just uh, give my quick takes on the news of the day. Um, it's kind of funny because President Biden, um, boy, the media is thrilled. He's going to give a press conference. Um, I think he's waited longer than any president in uh, modern history to give his press conference. But some of them are a little worried. Washington Post media columnist Margaret Sullivan, in particular, she's very worried because she's afraid that reporters, she just doesn't want reporters to be grandstanding um, at this press conference. Um, I've never heard uh, journalists complain about grandstanding journalists at press briefings. That's pretty much all they do. Uh, apparently, she is not familiar with Jim Acosta, who basically the only reason anyone knows his name is he was the grandstander in chief over the past four years. So it's kind of funny. Um, what's not funny is Biden's reaction in his handling of immigration. It's just been a complete disaster. Trump handed him a very excellent system. And I only say this to people, especially when I'm writing like the Republic where you have, you know, they're not big Trump fans over there, the opinion readers of the Republic. But it's like a lot of them or hate him. Um, he left a good system to Joe Biden. Um, he worked with the governments in Guatemala, Honduras, and Mexico, of course, and got the presidents there to say, hey, we're not going to let these people through. They're going to have to stay in our countries and not try to cross the border. And then we can process people. If you need asylum for some reason, you're being politically persecuted, you're being, uh, your family is under threats because of their religion or their political beliefs, Okay, then you can apply. But otherwise, we're not just going to have these caravans of people just pushing, forcing their way through, bum-rushing the border. You can't have that. And I'm rather positive to immigration. I think it would be great when you get people like, I don't know, Elon Musk, the guy who invented Minecraft. You know, you have these people and they come here and they work their butt off. They don't uh, live off the taxpayer. They just go out there and try to create something good for them. And there's a lot of, you know, they always say nation of immigrants. We're not quite a nation of immigrants. But a lot of our greatest people came here as immigrants, finally had an opportunity to show their stuff, and they succeeded. Um, but to say that is to say I'm very pro-legal immigration. Uh, I don't think it's too much to ask for you to sign the guest book on the way across the border. It's not difficult to do. We have laws. You need borders. Every other country, almost every single one, I believe, has much stricter immigration and citizenship requirements than the United States does. And still the left says, oh, it's too cruel, it's too harsh. So we had kids in cages, they shouted, during the Trump era. And then that was resolved. And what did Biden do? He said, hey, open doors, everybody's welcome in. And you had people flood the border. These people are not giving a temperature check. I had to go into the Apple store to get a repair done. They check my temperature. They don't check your temperature at the border. They just let you in. And then they will say, ah, oh, we're just going to let you go. They did this in Yuma. Let go a bunch of illegal aliens. That's who they are, undocumented immigrants, whatever we're calling them this week. Call them what you will. 
they were just released in Yuma. Um, you can't do this. You can't do this during a pandemic. One thing that many liberals said had to happen when COVID, when this hysteria first started about it, is they talked about the need for countries' borders to be controlled. They said it was imperative all of a sudden. It's like, yeah, well, I'll be darned. I guess Trump was right about that, huh? You even had governors of blue states. I think Rhode Island said no one from New York State is allowed to visit Rhode Island. Like, are you going to put National Guard on the troops? Are you going to build a wall to block off New Yorkers from Rhode Island? So, uh, sorry, borders are very important. Uh, this is not controversial to say. It is common sense. And if you want to have a country, you need to have borders. Like I said, I'm very pro-immigration. It just needs to be done correctly through the process. Make sure we know who is coming in, why they're coming in, and making sure they aren't a drain on the other recent immigrants who have to pay taxes and pay into Social Security and make sure these people who immigrated legally, say, 10 years ago, aren't paying for a new crop of people who did it the incorrect way. So, um, Biden, get it together. Uh, you screwed up a good system that was going, and now you're going to be paying the political price. We'll be back after this brief ad break to chat more about the news of the day. This is John Gabriel filling in for Seth Liebson here on 960 The Patriot. Welcome back to 960 The Patriot. This is John Gabriel filling in for Seth Liebson. He uh, gave me the reins for three hours here. In the next half hour... 5 p.m. local time. We're going to be talking with Colonel Kurt Schlichter. You've heard him filling in for Hugh Hewitt many times. You've read his columns on Town Hall. We've been friends for many years, and he always makes for very good radio. So it'll be good to have him on. Back to this immigration thing. Um, one big issue that Biden and the Democrats are going to have is the fact that they are working against a lot of more moderate Democrats with this. Um, people want a sane immigration system. This isn't because they're cruel. It isn't because they're racist. It isn't because they're just mean people. Instead, they don't want to import this huge group of people who might work for less than minimum wage. When you are talking about illegal immigration, they're not bound by federal laws. After all, they broke federal laws to get in the country. And you can have people working in a lot of jobs making far below minimum wage. Well, that takes jobs away from lawful, legally, legal citizens here in the United States. That really upsets people. And as much compassion as the American people have, they want a reasonable, logical system. They want people to immigrate legally. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not a big shocker that people want other people to follow the law, especially if they want to get into this country. Um, it is not cruel to think that way. It is common sense. It is good to think that way. And uh, what the Democrats uh, don't seem to realize is Trump did very well in very strongly Hispanic districts right along the Mexican border, especially in Texas, did very well. He increased to something like a 60 percent swing from Hillary in 2016 to Trump. Uh, Trump won these. Uh, Zapata County was one in Texas that swung big for Trump. Uh, obviously, these are Latinos who are not racist against their fellow Latinos. They want common sense. They're tired of their property getting run through by drug cartels, by human traffickers. That's what coyotes are. They are human traffickers. And uh, encouraging parents to send their children alone with strangers to cross the border is cruel. It is cruel and it is sickening. Uh, there's a place called Sasabe, uh, just south of Arizona, south of the border, 
in Sonora. And uh, there are many, many crosses there. And those crosses are for people who were, frankly, encouraged by a lot of immigration reform types who said, hey, we're going to try to get this bill through Congress. And they always announce these things, usually in like June or something. And uh, these people believed the politicians, never a great idea. And they decided to cross the border into Arizona through about 100 miles of desert in the summer. Um, those crosses are there for all the people who tried to violate the law, but in many cases were trying to find a better life. And they passed away in the desert because that is a very, very tough patch of ground to get across. Uh, there's very little population there. You have uh, many Indian nations uh, along the border there. Uh, Tohono Odom, they have to go through, um, going through these kind of sparse desert regions where people don't choose to live because there isn't much out there. And encouraging these people to make this deadly trek is ugly, not to mention all the human traffickers profiting off human beings and all the cartels trying to push drugs on our kids and, frankly, on our adults and doing cruel violence, most of all, to people in Mexico. So uh, wanting a sane border, wanting a secure border is the most compassionate thing you could possibly ask for. And uh, the media doesn't seem to understand this or believe this, maybe because they live in Manhattan or Washington, D.C., and not 100 miles or two from the border with Mexico. Um, it's not something we should be encouraging legal crossings. If we're going to have immigration, it needs to be done rationally, calmly, legally, and in a situation where you are not sending children alone across the border to hopefully make a better life for themselves because those poor kids can be thrown right into child trafficking and all sorts of hideous, hideous abuse. And uh, parents shouldn't be encouraging that. And the Democratic Party, especially Joe Biden in the White House, should not be promoting this to people who live in El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, all these other countries, giving false hope to people when it could get them killed. That is not compassionate, Democrats. There's nothing compassionate about it. It is cruel and it is evil, and you're doing it just because you want more voters to support you as opposed to the Republicans. Not a good idea. Um, you're having a lot of the same things, uh, pure politics here, with H.R. 1, which is this. They're selling it as this voting rights bill. But basically, they want to federalize the national elections. Democrats, on one hand, say there was absolutely nothing wrong with the 2020 election. Everything was above board. It was totally legal. It was totally good. But we need to completely reconstruct the system and make sure that Democrats in D.C. control voting procedures in Safford, Arizona, in Montpelier, Vermont, in Anchorage, Alaska. No. Uh, Washington, D.C., you can barely handle tying your own shoes. We're not going to have you run our election systems. And if you're worried about foreign interference, uh, one of the strengths of the American voting system is it's very difficult to hack into 50 different states and then add in D.C., add in the various territories, who are all using different systems, different procedures. Uh, you can't do that. Um, I, I can only imagine what D.C. would do. They would put it on some kind of like a Microsoft Office server and it wouldn't be protected properly. And anybody could just wander in, you know, junior level hacker could uh, jump on there and change all the votes anytime they wanted. Uh, we do not. Uh, you guys are not able to create an Obamacare website um, when that was rolled out, if you remember, during the Obama years. And it was an utter disaster. I do not trust you to run voting. Um, let the states do it. That's what states are for. That's the way our system's set up. 
uh, states should be taking a lead on most of the issues that Congress debates in the first place. Instead, they're relegated to just, uh, well, you better do what D.C. says or you don't get the federal money. Very important for states to make decisions for themselves. Otherwise, um, we would basically be one giant state of California where you have a goofball like Gavin Newsom locking down the entire state for a year straight, and now he is facing a very serious recall. Um, it it will be entertaining. It, it's, it's kind of odd to um, be rooting against the recall, but he has been so good for Arizona, for Arizona businesses, uh, housing prices, all that. Uh, I don't want Californians fleeing there and then voting for far-left policies. That's why you left California, folks. So, if you are a more recent um, Arizona convert from California, I welcome you with open arms. Please take a moment or two to consider why you fled that state and how they got into the ugly situation they are, how you need to have uh, 14 jobs to be able to afford a studio apartment in the L.A. area, uh, not let alone the Bay Area. Um, prices are through the roof, and that's because of bad policies and one-party Democratic control. Uh, it's not a good thing. And if you force government into every aspect of life, they are unable or at least unwilling to do the basic things they need to do, like keep a power grid running, um, preventing brush fires, uh, allowing some kind of cutting around the power lines so you don't have outages and wildfires nonstop all the time. Other states know that uh, good forest management, good energy policy actually helps the people there. And if you'd focus on that stuff instead of... Uh, filling up skateboard parks with sand and uh, arresting people for walking alone on the beach. Uh, you might have better, better fortunes there in California. We will be back after a brief break. And then after that, the news update for the hour. So stick with us here on 960 The Patriot. This is John Gabriel filling in for Seth Liebson. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel uh, playing all the hits from the 70s. That's some heart for you. Here as you drive home from a long day at work, and uh, nice to hear some classic rock. This is uh, in my wheelhouse. I usually listen to a lot of weird music, but uh, the music I grew up with is pretty good, too. Um, Democrats um, are in for a lot of trouble on this immigration issue, and I don't think another enough Democrats and media realize that. Uh, they're still pushing kind of the we-need-to-let-everybody-in-immediately line it's just not popular with people. I know a lot of moderate Democrats, and they just instinctively recoil at that. And big gains were made in Arizona, and people like Mark Kelly and Kirsten Sinema are going to be in trouble if uh, Joe Biden keeps pushing these policies and can't get a handle on it. Uh, as I said earlier, Trump handed him a pretty darn solid system. And uh, I know they hate Trump and want to reverse everything he did, but he did a lot of good things. And if something ain't broke, don't fix it, because when you fix it, quote unquote, you have, what, 70 percent increase in uh, unattended minors uh, flooding in, flooding across the border. Very disturbing to see. And of course, they're locking the media out of this, which the media is fine with. Apparently, they don't have a problem uh, because Joe's so nice. Uh, one thing that did amuse me, though, for St. Patty's Day, he had the prime minister of Ireland. I cannot pronounce his official title. It's like Teosiak, and I'm sure it's just something like Tosak or something like that. But uh, Prime Minister of Ireland came came by the White House for St. Patty's Day, and uh, Joe Biden bragged about his cultural sensitivity in this moment. 
He's like, we know how to treat our Irish guests. And so he had standing there a Scottish bagpiper wearing a Scottish kilt playing a Scottish song on his bagpipes. Um, I, I don't know if Joe Biden knows there's a difference between Scotland and Ireland. I'm really hoping the dinner didn't feature like a bunch of haggis formed into the shape of the Loch Ness Monster, uh, maybe polishing it off with some Lagavulin scotch. Uh, 16 years, pretty darn good, by the way. I had that about a month ago. Uh, highly recommend it. But um, yeah, the smart people are in charge again. Um, and we are seeing the results. Hey, America, you chose this guy. And uh, he got through. To, to view Biden as like the least bad Democrat to get through that primary. Whew, if he's the least bad, can you imagine if any of these other idiots got in office? It's going to be rough. Uh, Kamala Harris um, is not uh, covering herself with glory either. You know, every time she's like shooting lasers out of her eyes at Joe Biden, you know, hoping that he slips and falls and uh, moves out of the way so she can run the show. Uh, She was asked about immigration. And uh, what about all these uh, kids that are being uh, detained in these overcrowded centers? And she giggled uncontrollably when she was asked that question. So Um, There's a reason she didn't even make it to the Iowa caucus or the New Hampshire primary when she tried to run for office. Why Biden saddled himself with her as the uh, fallback person is beyond me, especially when you have someone who is not really at the top of his game mentally or physically. We're going to be back with Colonel Kurt Schlichter after this ad break and news break. Here is the news for the top of the hour. I'll I'll chat with you on the other side. 